From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Today we could call our program Mostly Transcriptions, and if you're scratching your head, we'll just say, no, it's not the text of your favorite NPR interview. It's something altogether different in the musical world. Our guest is Tian Che, an excellent pianist who makes her career as a recitalist, concerto soloist, and chamber musician. She's appeared on concert series as far afield as Skagway and Haines in Alaska, Dame Myra Hess series in Chicago, and impromptu concerts in Key West, Florida. She made her New York recital debut at Carnegie's Weill Recital Hall and has a Master's of Music from the Manhattan School of Music. She immigrated to the U.S. with her family when she was nine years old, originally from Taiwan, uh, from Folsom, California, and began her musical studies with her mother, Sylvia Shea. Her latest recording is Bach and Beethoven, mostly transcriptions, uh, that word again, released on the MSR label, hit number one bestseller on Amazon.com twice the year it was released and stayed there for several consecutive months. We'll start with a transcription of a piece by Bach, originally for the organ, but transcribed by Franz Liszt for piano. Here is Tian Che with The Prelude and Fugue in A minor.
Prelude and Fugue in A Minor, a transcription by Franz Liszt of music by Bach. Our guest today is Tian She. She's performed an all-list program at the Liszt Museum, the old Liszt Academy in Budapest, Hungary. This year, including solo recitals in the Pacific Northwest, St. Martin in the Fields in London, also Paris, along with her residency with the Mundi Project that brings her here to Salt Lake City. Tian Shea, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Try to give you 30 seconds yeah. to catch your breath there. <laughs> Quick question about transcriptions. Why did Liszt think this will sound great on the piano? Well, Liszt had a very inventive vision in that the piano itself is really an orchestral instrument. And um, by having demonstrated and given the opportunity for pianists to play music that otherwise we wouldn't have been able to, mm -hmm. and to give a wider exposure to the public of the repertoire that's so vast that the piano itself is capable of. You know, when I first thought, oh, this will have everything, increased clarity, maybe just missing the pedal notes, but the way you played it, I didn't miss any of the pedal notes. They felt like they were there. Oh, in thank you. In that low register. Uh, I have to ask you about performing at the Liszt Museum, which used to be the Liszt Academy, a music yes. school. In Didn't he used to live there? Yes, yes. Actually, the concert hall where the concerts are taking place, where the concerts are held, um, that's where Liszt used to have his own concerts himself. Uh -huh. And he would walk from the wall, uh, from, from his bedroom, and out there is a door, and people would greet him, and he would give concerts in his own home. He'd be on stage. Yeah, and so we're kind of on the same stage, so you feel the, you, you feel the vibe definitely when you're in that hall. Well, you've performed in some excellent concert halls, but you are not afraid of playing in some unconventional places, I have to say, starting with that museum, cruise ships. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you did a stint, different contracts, playing for months yes. on cruise ships. yes. One of my favorite things that I have done in the past. <laughs> now, not everyone would think you go on a cruise ship to hear some excellent high-quality classical music. You, usually you're thinking, well, there'll be some Disney numbers and some dancers and a magi magician with a chainsaw juggling. Well, <laughs> I guess it depends on the cruise line, too. Okay. And it really depends on your clientele. Mm. And um, the cruise ships that I played for were smaller in size, their maximum capacity were contrary to most cruise ships, which is two to 3,000. Yeah. And uh, the ones that I played on were maximum 800. Were there certain things that really went over well? Oh, I think um, too many things that went really just extraordinary. First of all, it was fun to play <laughs> <laughs> on the cruise and travel and see the world. Yes. And um, second of all, I played uh, two 45-minute recitals as headliner. And so um, my performance opportunities were there, but I also had a lot of free time to practice. And I did manage to squeeze in about four to five hours of practice, even on the ship. We were wondering about sure. that. We thought yeah. musicians at a certain point have to be hermits anyway. Why not do it on the high seas? Yeah. So <laughs> where was your piano? Did you have one in your cabin? Or? No, no. So I made sure that I was up at 5 a.m. every day mm -hmm. to practice before uh, uh, activities started on the cruise uh -huh. ship. And um, when there were breaks in the afternoon, I, I would make sure to sneak to a piano. Wow. See the world, yeah. improve your skills. Yeah, the discipline continues even while you have fun. <laughs> yeah. So did you stay long enough to have gone through every menu that the, that the buffets had? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Maybe one week yes. is every menu. Yes. Well, I had three, uh, three, about three uh, seven to eight week contracts. 
So oh. that's that's a lot of food. <laughs> <laughs> you were more than familiar. Skagway, Alaska. You had to take a ferry and then a little plane. Yes, a little propeller that seats about four people. Well, I think it's really great that there are organizations that want to bring arts even to remote places. Yes. Like Skagway. So, and, and you're part of that. We'll ask. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But you are very involved, and you play for high schools, even like a school high school with 150 students. Yes. Why do that? Because I think it's important to reach. Uh, our next generation through music, and I think it's important to keep the music alive mm. in itself. And um, I think high school students are very receptive to someone that has a little charisma, that has a little story to tell, that has maybe some questions and answers that you can ask about the future, mm. if that is what you are thinking of, and maybe clear some curiosities about just the piano itself good yeah we'll talk more but let's hear more music we're going to be hearing uh, a piece a litany for the feast of all souls originally written by franz schubert the transcription is by franz list again i want to just read five lines from the the text that was originally this song it's the first five lines. It's also the last five. Maybe have this in mind. Rest in peace, all souls who have had done with anxious torment, who have had done with sweet dreams, who, sated with life and hardly born, have departed from this world. All souls, rest in peace.
Litany for the Feast of All Souls by Franz Schubert, a transcription by Franz Liszt. With us today is Hanna Yanatova, who has been here with us before with the Mundi Project, and you have brought us our artist today. So first of all, thank you for that. You're more than welcome. And just remind us of the mission of the Mundi Project. Uh, the mission of the Mundi Project, or I should say more the vision, is to bring open access to pianos, music, and the arts. Um, we believe very strongly that everyone should have the opportunity to experience music and art in um, their lives, and that they should have the opportunity to be educated um, if they have the desire. So you take you take musicians into the schools as one aspect of that. Uh, very much so. So one of the things that we love about the Mundi Live artists that we bring in um, is that we do have a very strong educational um, component. And so, for example, Tian, uh, she played a wonderful um, outreach concert for an elementary school yesterday. She's working with high school students tomorrow, and uh, she worked with college students today. Um, Sorry, so this is not turning out to be a vacation for you. <laughs> no, <laughs> we put the artists to work, that's for sure. <laughs> she'll, be, she'll need a vacation after yes. this week. Yes. Talk to me about where the organization's name comes from. Well, Mundi means the world, and um, it actually was inspired by Harmonices Mundi, which was a philosophy that first originated by Plato and Ptolemy, uh, which basically means harmony of the spheres. And uh, later on in the 1700s, Johannes Kepler, a scientist, uh, measured all of the mathematical equations of all the planets around the solar system and discovered that each planet resonates and has its own scale, so they're known as the Keplerian scales. And so maybe it's partially because all of my family, they're scientists and I'm the musician. Um, the name sort of was a merger of, of those, those so stem and steam all together into one whole. One other aspect that I'm so impressed with, and I have to say I have a personal connection with, my mother is a musician, has taught piano students, and she taught several that were from backgrounds where there was no music, they had never had an instrument ever, and she agreed to teach them if they would practice. Well, finding a place to practice was almost impossible. And through the Mundi project, they were able to get pianos. These students who had practiced found a way to find someplace every day for years and finally had a piano in their home. Mm -hmm. That just almost seems impossible. How do you do it? Well, uh, we put out a call for uh, pianos that are not being used in people's homes. A lot of times they end up holding those family pictures and house plants and <laughs> getting those water rings under them. And, you know, to me being a pianist from the scratch, you know, pianos are a mm -hmm. mechanical marvel. And uh, I don't think they should just be sitting as a piece of furniture. I mean, they really are amazing should instruments and they should be used for education and to Do better the world. Do you ever have anyone call and want to donate their neighbor's piano? Maybe um, Never no, mind. You no, don't have to no, we've, we've had a few hairy situations, but probably shouldn't get into those on the air. And also libraries. Yes, libraries, schools, um, community centers. Beautiful. Well, yeah. We love the work you do, and we're so glad you share these great artists. You know, as long as they're being your slaves for a week, thank you for bringing them in to play for us. And, and thank you for hosting <laughs> us and helping us get the word out about what we do. Well, Tian Shea is also not done yet. <laughs> So we'll ask for one, one more piece. 
So uh, the Piano Bank program is something that you can find out more about. We'll give you information about the Mooney Project at the end of the show here. You may be very interested in that. I, I want to read one quote from somebody who said uh, they went to one of these high school performances in rural Idaho and said, not only can Tian Shea play difficult and appealing music with gusto, she can engage 150 high school students who had never experienced a concert pianist before. By delivering a few sentences with enthusiasm and humor, she had their rapt attention before she played a single note. I thought that was a, a nice testimonial. Well, we're going to hear more than a single note right now as we hear the prelude in D-flat. This is Opus 11, number 15, by Alexander Scriabin. Such a gentle little piece. That's the Prelude in D-flat, Opus 11, number 15, Alexander Scriabin. Tian Shea has had lots of orchestral collaborations that include being a soloist with Spokane Symphony, Redland Symphony, the Roswell Symphony Orchestra, and the Houston Civic Symphony, Gold Country Chamber Orchestra, Organ Mozart Players, Manhattan Philharmonia, Sacramento Ballet. Besides all the playing you do, you really are very active in music education. I mean, this is not the only week of your life you're spending working with all kinds of students. Yes. I, uh, I teach 10 students privately in my studio when I'm in town. And then you've had students that have been on NPR's From the Top. They've performed in Wyo Hall, Carnegie Hall. Yes. And uh, I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Put that on your wall as a piano teacher. Yeah, I've been very fortunate <laughs> to have some really good students. Yeah. Also, you're the current vice president of Arts Northwest. And tell me just quickly what this nonprofit does. Well, basically what it does is it 
brings people together in all corners of performing arts, whether it's dance, theater, music, whether you're an artist, manager, you're a venue, you're a presenter, you're a university, college, arts council. Everybody fits in this category that comes together mm. through performing arts. And it's uh, we, we have uh, workshops and showcases and basically also an opportunity for for presenters to find find artists that they can book and for artists to to find places to perform. Yeah. One final question about transcription since we brought it up at the beginning. Uh, when you're doing a Beethoven work, now he wrote things for piano that definitely all the keys get used. There is no dust left on the piano keys by the time you're done. But then he also wrote works for orchestra and piano and or or his completely orchestral works. And when you play a transcription of those, are they different from his works purely for piano? Oh, purely different. Uh-huh. The Beethoven symphonies? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, really, I mean, that vision is very ambitious, but to me, it would never replicate. It, it wouldn't be possible to replicate the full orchestra, the mm. sonority of it. Uh-huh. But it, it is imaginary, and it does give the opportunity for an audience to hear an entire symphony if they can't afford one. Oh yeah, they can, they, can, they can bring in one player. And a, they can just bring in a pianist, piano. and also because Liszt was so amazing that he was able to—he was just a phenomenal virtuoso who was capable of so much, mm-hmm. including playing all Beethoven symphonies by himself. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Tian Che, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you want more information about her latest projects, you can go online to tianche.com. That's T-I-E-N-H-S-I-E-H.com. And special thanks again to Hana Yanatova and the Mundi Project. Find them online as well for helping arrange today's program. If you're listening at home or just caught part of the show, you want to hear the first part, hear it again, or share it, It's easy to do. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. Also follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite, film direction by Abby Vance, and the show's producer is Jackie Tataishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening.